0: Ladies and gents, and welcome to uh, another episode of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlor. It's only episode 18, all to like have sex and and drink stuff. <laughs> it's quite creepy to say it that way, actually. Joining me in the parlor today is the absolutely delightful Stevie, who is no stranger to podcasts. Do, do you want to say hello and tell us a little bit about your podcasting history, delightful Stevie? <sighs>
1: Oh,
2: well, thank you. First off, uh, thank you for calling me delightful. It's never, it's an adverb never, ever used for me before.
0: I don't believe that, even a little um, bit. Not even a little bit. Look uh, at your little you face. Know. Oh, okay <laughs> Anyway, sorry. <laughs> getting excited.
2: Well, we could have turned the camera on. Um <laughs>
1: Uh, no, see,
0: if there is one thing I learnt last week when we accident, what well, we I made a cock up with setting up the microphone in the last episode. oh no, it's the one before, and so we had to put the camera on so that I could like motion to the guy to say, "Hey, I am trying to sort out my mic, but I don't know." What- <laughs> and um, I gotta say, it was the most unflattering version of myself I think I've ever seen. It <laughs> was like you know from below, so it was all double chin, and you could see right up my nose, and my face was all red like a tomato. I was like, "No thanks."
2: Oh, sweetie, I'm well aware of how to make myself look good on video. <laughs> not for any reason you just thought of. But
0: <laughs> you don't know what I thought of.
2: <laughs> I've listened to you. I think I know. Um, I, well, I'm Stevie D. I'm with the comic book queers. Ta-da! And uh, we've been doing podcasting for about seven years now. and um, We uh, still have not figured out a way to monetize it, but that's all right. We're, we're having a fun time.
0: I just like to um to hint occasionally for free comics. That helps.
2: Yeah, you know, i I've uh, I tried that the first year, and that was stupid because you know nobody had heard of us.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah,
2: I suppose. And then uh, I got some free comics when I got uh, when I got um, unemployed.
0: Mm, you're not still unemployed, are you?
2: Oh no, that only lasted for oh, six
0: weeks. I was gonna say being unemployed sucks.
2: Yeah that was actually the, the first time I'd ever been let go from a position and it was only for six weeks and then they hired me back after that.
0: Oh that's not too shabby.
2: <laughs> no it all kind of worked out.
0: Hey guys um, sorry for the weird interruption. Um, Unfortunately the next five minutes of this recording um, had to be cut. Uh, I don't quite know what happened but basically uh, Stevie's voice was completely erased from the next five minutes of the conversation and replaced by rather a loud and obnoxious sounding static-y kind of noise. I tried pretty much everything I could to salvage it but even with the noise reduction his voice was still gone so it was pretty much, uh, well it was a a very one-sided conversation between me and absolute silence. So um, unfortunately I've had to cut that bit out but basically uh, what you missed was us having a conversation about comic book queers and um, how great it is and how he's been podcasting for seven years and I find that kind of ridiculous and amazing and uh, also included in this section which is the reason why I'm re-recording it as opposed to just cutting it out and editing it seamlessly was uh, an apology from me to Stevie for um, fucking up the time differences and uh, ending up leaving him hanging on Skype for 45 minutes before we started recording so I just wanted to say sorry again to Stevie for uh, for fucking it up so bad Uh, and sorry to you guys for not being able to salvage this section like I say I have no idea what caused this to start or indeed to stop but I'm bloody well glad it did because uh, I think this is a really good episode and I would have been really sad if most of it were missing so thankfully it was just the next 5 minutes um, I'm going to cut back in sort of in the middle of a, of a conversation we were having about how because of the fact that I'd left him hanging on Skype uh, for 45 minutes, I basically just grabbed my laptop, threw Skype on and started recording with none of my notes. So this is going to be a very free-form sort of episode uh, and possibly quite rambly, but uh, anyway, back to the show.
2: It's much more exciting when you just do it off the cuff. And, and so now I'm excited that you're going to be winging it with me.
0: The problem is, my version of winging it is going to be me going, oh, you know that book by um <laughs> that guy, you know, the guy with the face. Oh, you know, and it's about that thing with the the stuff.
2: And it's that book, you know, with the the cape and the things.
0: Yeah, and there's a guy and he can fly. Like, that's not every superhero book. <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous. Anywho, I'm going to throw it over to you to start, Good sir.
2: Oh, okay. Which I start with?
0: Anything you like, my darling.
2: Um, well, do you want to talk about uh, movies really quickly?
0: Yes, let's. <laughs>
2: okay. I, you know, I, I heard you talking about Pacific Rim in the last uh, guest house that you had on had not seen it. Yep. And then I got excited because I was like, oh, I had just seen it. <laughs> and I tweeted you and said, I loved
0: it. I am so glad that you said that because... Frankly, if you hadn't have liked it, uh, I might not have done this episode at all.
2: <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs>
0: re-evaluated our whole friendship right. and
2: <laughs> shut down now. Like I don't know him.
1: I, just, I don't understand I just, him. I'm
0: not. In, I'm not in any way affiliated with this man or his opinions. And <laughs> 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 oh, thank gosh. Um, so now that I can talk about it, that means it's probably going to get spoilt to boogery, guys. I do apologise. Yeah, like the whole idea of the neural handshake is probably one of the most amazing things i've ever heard of in my life i'm very easily pleased oh man that film I, I, i'm so sad i didn't get to see it a second time because i was really like really wanted to but I've is it mi- is it out of the theater it is over here yeah and there's like there's so much stuff that's been out that i've just missed now because like they just like i miss this is the end and i've been so psyched up for that all fucking year and i ended up just completely missing it.
2: <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now. The minute it gets on video, you get that.
0: I really, really want to. If, <laughs> anyway, you,
2: the, you and Rip sit down with a bottle and just watch it. Trust me, it's so good.
0: Ah, uh, it just looked at the trailers like it. It had me almost immediately because it was like James Franco, Seth Rogen. Yep, sold. Where's my ticket?
2: Yep, exactly.
0: I will look at that for two hours. Yep.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Um, but Pacific Rim. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a great movie. It really Uh, is. so, So I had somebody tell me, someone at work warned me. He said, well, I've been hearing some mixed reviews about it. And I looked at him and I said, I want giant monsters fighting giant robots. Everything else is fluff and bonus. I don't give a shit.
0: Yes, that's the attitude to have when seeing this kind of film. I, yeah, I, mean, I... I, I genuinely can't understand these people that are getting mad at you, like, oh, why would you decide building a robot's a good idea when you could just use a bomb? Because bombs aren't fun. Robots are <laughs> Exactly. I'm gonna say one word to you. When when they said sword, I was like,
1: Yes! Oh. I almost
0: fell out my chair Because I'm a massive fa- I don't know if you've ever Watched the anime Escaflowne It's like one of my Favourite things In the world It's shit And, and I know that it's shit Right uh-huh. It's terrible uh, It's like And I watched the English dub version Which is even worse But it's like My favourite thing ever And they have Giant fighty robot Mecha thingies in it and But they're all Armed with swords And they fight Kind of like knights <laughs> And I just thought It's like Watching a live action Escaflowne It's like ah, ah, And I just got So overexcited
2: That sounds amazing um I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, well, so you I'll, should.
0: I'll, Even that I'm like be prepared, that. it's bad. It is actually bad like
2: Oh, <laughs> well, that's fine as long as it's got enough, you know, giant monsters or whatever fighting. That that that's that's fine.
0: Yeah. No, it does. It can
2: be bad. I, it, all right, but also I want to talk to you about that neural, neural handshake because that was one part of the movie I just wasn't so sure about
0: oh really I thought it was a because ma- I um when I first saw the film I did wonder if you have to have two pilots in something how do you know they are compatible in some manner that's not going to make the one just go off and like tear the robot in half because it's trying to do something the opposite to the other guy so I really liked the idea and I didn't I, didn't, I couldn't think of any other way that they could have done it unless everybody who piloted it were like identical twins or some shit <laughs>
2: I don't <know>. <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, although that's that would make for a completely different movie. It really would. No, I, I I liked I really liked it. And I loved the vetting process that they used um, when he uh, fought. Uh, when he was fighting all the guys, and they're like yelling off the points like this. You know, um, God, what was it? Uh, I completely forget what what I would say. Yancey was the guy, right? Oh, um,
0: I've got a terrible memory for names,
2: so it. Oh, thank God, good. <laughs> we'll sound like idiots then. <laughs> But yeah, when and then and then when she pops in and she's like, you know, you know, go go gadget girl, and she j- jumps in and and takes over. I love that, and mm-hmm. the fact that the two of them Im- had this immediate connection and you could tell.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm like, yeah, let's put them in a robot together. It was the neural handshake part that I didn't get at first, literally until like I don't know a week after thinking about it, that um, I thought, well, okay, so if you're doing right side left side of the brain and you've got this guy controlling the right side of the robot, this guy or this gal controlling the left side of the robot, Like, I, I, that's when I realized, oh, I guess they, they would have to communicate on some other level than just verbally. Mm-hmm. So to sync their minds together, which is essentially also syncing their bodies together, then it started to make sense. But I, but honestly, when I was watching the movie, any time that that portion came up, I sort of just ignored it because I just wanted to enjoy all the fighting and I wanted to en- enjoy Charlie Day
0: oh charlie day i adore that guy he's so cute so cute Um, i agree (laughs) i could genuinely i know a lot of people find him really irritating but genuinely i could just listen to him talk for for hours on end and i would be so content
2: (laughs) yeah he was a bit of an asshole but that was okay because he was also a nerdy asshole
0: oh those glasses uh uh,
2: yeah biting my lip
0: biting my lip (laughs) 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 so pretty Oh dear
2: i'm just I'm just waiting for a foie. Mm-hmm.
0: It's coming, it's coming darling. <laughs> just wait until we start talking about the Wolverine.,
2: that um. <laughs> well, no, okay so then also Ron Perlman, fantastic.
0: Yes, oh, he was brilliant. Did you stay for the after credits bit?
2: Of course, I did.
0: Cause we, me and Rich, did not know that that was happening, and we've just got it in our head now that that only happens in Marvel movies, so we just don't bother. And I thought, oh, we had to watch it like on this shitty quality picture on YouTube, and I was mm. so mad because it's quite funny. <laughs> and then, um, well,
2: yeah, I've gotten in the habit of doing something in movies now, and I'm going to suggest to everyone listening that they do this as well. If you're, if you're questioning whether or not there's going to be a scene at the end, just go on your Google on your smartphone. And type up really quickly the name of the movie and in credit scene. Mm-hmm. And there are de- several different websites that are devoted to listing which movies actually have them.
0: Oh, okay. That's handy. And
2: so, yeah. And so Pacific Rim came up, and I was like, all right, so we got to stick around.
0: I was really miffed when I went to see uh, Wolverine Origins and I got the, the shitty Jap- Japan ending. Because um, if you see, I think, I can't remember if it was just America or just certain places in America that got an awesome Deadpool ending after the credits. And I was like, oh, well, I wanted to see that one.
2: Yeah, I thought there were like three different end credits for X-Men Origins Wolverine. And we got the, when we went to go see it, oh, way back in the day, um, we got the Deadpool one.
1: Ah, uh, Jealous.
0: <laughs> I've seen it now. It's on the DVD, but
2: yeah, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to see the the Japanese one because I thought that I thought that's exactly where they should go with that movie. Yeah, and then they just do that story, which is what they did.
0: Indeed, they did. I just you know I just want to see more Deadpool on my film screen at all times, please, thank you. Oh,
2: <laughs> well, before we get to that, let's let's finish up with Pacific Rim.
0: Let's let's.
2: Where do you think it's going from here?
0: That is intriguing because. Again, spoilers. Um, They've closed that rifty rift now, haven't they? So the only way they really can go from there is if there are somehow monsters on Earth that we didn't notice that are now procreating, surely? Mm-hmm. Um, Or, oh, maybe the monsters could be like, okay, they've shit in their backyard now, we're, we're coming, and they create more rifts somehow i don't know have they got the technology or the brain power who knows um i don't really care i'd be quite happy to just watch another film where robots punch things in the face um, oh yeah <laughs> frankly
2: just watch another one of those um, let's, let's have another one i love how that that uh guillermo del toro he set up this this whole world was fantastic i mean mm-hmm. the opening scene sets up everything you need to know about what's going on with this and why it's happening, and then I actually love how they incorporate. Like, well, yeah, if if this is where the giant monster died, this culture is going to incorporate that into their their um, infrastructure, their the way that they live. So I love when he's walking through when they're walking through like um, downtown Hong Kong, and there are like um, different skeletons and bones yeah. of different giant monsters, and it made so much sense to me.
0: Mm-hmm. I thought that so, was amazing. The whole design of the whole thing, just it just looked fantastic. Every oh, yeah. thing did.
2: I thought it looked a lot like a live-action anime.
0: Yeah, it I did, did have that sort of feel. I am. Um, I don't know if you obviously you sort of listened to the last episode, but uh, like Rich mentioned that he could see it being quite a comfortable sort of sequel to Cloverfield. And I really want to go back and watch Cloverfield again now, because that idea really intrigues me, that that was like the first... Mom.
2: Yeah, I love that idea. As it
0: were, and that would be brilliant, and that would make me appreciate Cloverfield a whole lot more. I think, because I didn't really the first time I
2: watched it. Yeah, yeah. When I watched Cloverfield, I remember leaving the theater thinking, you know, um, that's that's great that they did this, film it like it's a true story. But I kind of want to see the movie that that's uh, that's based on that story.
0: Yeah, me too. I think seeing an actual like clean cut film of that would be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would yeah. definitely enjoy that.
2: Uh, yeah, so no, I love that theory and and I thought that for the sequels, they don't even have to worry about doing sequels. They can actually just do prequels yeah. because yeah. I would love to see more of, of Crimson Typhoon and the the Russian uh, Jaeger. Oh my God.
0: Oh man. I just I, like because obviously the, the way it was set in Pacific Rim, they were actually just sort of sort of disbanding the whole jaeger thing mm-hmm. um, like the whole program so to see it sort of yeah to be to see a film sort of set during the jaeger sort of heyday as it were i suppose the only problem with doing a prequel is because the monsters have got progressively larger and more terrifying i suppose you'd be dealing with smaller less exciting monsters but i'd still that's, okay. that's okay yes. as long as it had charlie day in it again.
2: thank you <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes please oh seriously that
2: guy <laughs> i know i just want to i want to grab him and hug him and just hold him
0: i just think as well like basically you can take pretty much any guy and put those sort of clark kent kind of glasses on him and i will be in love with him <laughs> 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 oh, don't ever put on a pair of those glasses stevie you will never see the end of me
2: uh hey i'm gonna have to get up here now did you did didn't you love henry cavill and uh, in them at the oh. end of non-steel
0: Not oh, mm, don't don't even distract me with that thought because Uh
2: just the scene of him riding his bike into the Daily Planet, I I was distracted enough for that.
0: Man, I just like because I know a lot of people had a bit of a whinge that you didn't get to see him being Clark Kent as we know him a lot, but I you know I think it was it did really well to set it up for that Clark Kent to be in the next one. But I did, as soon as he was yeah, riding his bike up to Daily Planet, I was thinking, why wasn't he wearing these glasses the entire fucking time? Because oh, man, he was so fucking gorgeous. That little dimple in his chin. Oh, I just want to put my tongue in it. Sorry, that's really rude.
2: No, I, you, can, you can say whatever you want with me. I love
0: that. Oh, my God. He's just so, so beautiful.
2: You can't, and you can't tell me that that you were not distracted by the little chest hairs coming out of the collar of the suit. Just
0: just casually poking out, like hello. Oh
2: my god! Just so beautiful.
0: Oh god! Look what you've done. Now I'm dribbling.
2: This is all we're going to talk about the rest of the show now.
0: (laughs) That's fine. That is fine. (laughs) Let's just rank comic book movie men in terms of physical attractiveness. Go.
2: (laughs) Oh, I've got to go. I'm sorry. Henry Cavill, number one for me.
0: Uh, do you know? I yeah. I think I might have to agree. Um, he just, just
2: seems so perfect in that role, and
0: he really did. And have you seen him like afterwards? Like the pictures of him from San Diego Comic Con and stuff. He just got that little that little Superman kiss curl in the middle of his forehead, and I was like, Oh God, I'm in love with you!
2: <laughs> I'm so in love with you. You know what's funny? Actually, when he shows up as Clark Kent, and they they cut show to him, they show him in the Daily Planet. And right after the movie was over, I remember turning to my friend and saying, "Okay, that was the weakest Clark Kent disguise I've ever seen. They didn't even put a part in his hair or anything." <laughs> and the guy in the row in front of me turned around and said, "That is the funniest assessment I've ever heard of a movie." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, it's true. Like, it didn't even part his hair, nothing. He looked exactly the same, just with those sexy glasses on."
1: Oh,
0: those sexy glasses. You know, the glasses that I bought, I bought them because they look slightly Clark Kentish because I thought, surely it works with women too, that we can just be super attractive with them on.
2: <laughs> you are attractive with those glasses on.
0: Oh, thanks.
2: You look like you look like the sexy librarian.
0: <laughs> oh, well, now that I've got a fringe cut in, I've been told I look like the Silk Spectre, which make, made my day yesterday. I was like, what? Yes, I'll have that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable.
0: Oh, God, I'm so easily pleased. It's like, <laughs> it is redone. <laughs> Oh, God. Here we go. We've totally gone off topic already. Imagine imagine that. How did that happen?
2: You got the two of us talking about movie studs. That's fine.
0: <laughs> God. Well, talking about another movie stud. Oh, God. I totally went to see The Wolverine. <sighs>
1: okay.
0: <laughs> like, do you know what? Hugh Jackman is a bloke who... I do not normally go for guys who are overly muscular. Like, I like a little bit of muscle definition. And, I, you know... Mm-hmm. But, like, he is... He looks like a a walking like just bag of muscles with a face, but he's so intensely dreamy. It's oh that voice, (laughs) God, I just I can't even cope. And um, I don't know if you noticed, but the last episode that I did, the ending theme music that I chose was called "You've Got the Look," which is by The Lonely Island, and it's featuring featuring Hugh Jackman. And Kristen Wiig, I think, um, and it's a song about a girl going out for a night in the town with one of her tits out for some reason. And um, when I heard that song, I was basically in love with that voice. Didn't realise it was him, and I was like, "Who is this amazing man, Richard, singing about women rolling up to a party with one titty out?" And then, um, oh god, he went, "It's Hugh Jackman." I was like, "Fucking!" Do you know what? Now he's number one on the list. I'm Not even kidding. Now he's gone from being like super attractive because he's like comic book guy. No, he's just He's just gone up A whole other level Because he's really Fucking funny And like He can sing oh, It's just like The whole package eh? Yeah
1: oh. he
2: is The whole package uh, I, I, I like A lot
0: that. of people's packages I'm telling you He's just like He's got the world's Quotient of hotness I think
2: I had no idea That that, 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 that was him In that song either But I loved that song
0: Really oh, God. I tell you, I almost died when I heard that song because just the idea of a girl going out with a knocker out for a laugh—just, um, just,
2: well, <laughs> just really—I also f- love it too. Like, I'm like, let's 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 have the guys try it. Put your ball out, and they're like, no, don't. That doesn't work.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a jerk. <laughs> I do, I do absolutely love that song. Oh God. <laughs> oh bless him. Um i always think it's like because i'm very attracted to a sense of humor so i always think it's nice when you find out that like because you just think somebody like hugh jackman's just going to be you know turn up make a film look handsome job done but now that i know that he's got a super sense of humor i'm like yep you're totally on the
2: list (laughs) yeah there's everything about him that i've ever read every interview i mean he's like the sweetest guy in the world
0: i know which
2: maintains his sexiness
0: I just um yeah, when I went to see the Wolverine, I went with my mum and my sister and, and my sister's fiance and we pretty much all except Greg, obviously, all just walked out and went, Good God, that man's attractive. <laughs> Holy shit. And you know what? Like, the film itself was absolutely fine. Like, it was, I enjoyed it um, in the sense that, I mean, if anything's going to be set in Japan, I'm probably going to enjoy it. And I like the fact that it's sort of, I don't think it took itself as seriously as as Origins, which meant that the ridiculous bits that were stupid and laughable actually seemed okay. Like, the bit on top of the train. Like in any other film, you'd be going, "Oh, the fuck! That would... What are you doing? That's ridiculous." In this film, I was like, "Yeah, stab him in the fight. Don't fall off the train, though." <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Have you seen it?
2: All right, I have to confess, I did not see it.
0: Holy shit, snacks! What?
2: Yes, um, I really did not like uh, Origins Wolverine. Um, I really did not like it, and. Then uh, I wanted to see this one when I found out that they were doing the ja- the Japan story because that's like the ultimate Wolverine story. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know something happened. I just didn't I just didn't make time to go see it and I I don't really. I don't really feel like I've missed anything. Now, Hugh Jackman, normally a very beautiful man, I agree with you, but for some reason, I think that all the veins that I could see in his in his, in that movie, I thought he's just, he's nothing but a walking skeleton of sinew and, and veins and he just, he looks too gamey. Like if, if I'm ever caught in a wilderness area with him and I have to eat somebody, he's not gonna taste very well. <laughs> Not
0: in bad shape. <laughs> oh, God. oh my word. That <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Oh you've killed me. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe that that's your assessment of you, Jackman. Uh,
2: my mind goes I, um, into weird places, Stacey.
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> I do think he's he's incredibly muscular. And like I say, that's not my normal go to in a guy. I dunno. Like the only the thing the main thing I didn't like about the film. And I hope I don't ruin this for anyone. And please, no.
2: Yeah, and, and don't worry about me at all. Like I, it, it, I will eventually see this, but it'll be on my time whenever I get to it. So,
0: well, there was there was a character in it called the Viper, mm-hmm. who was a woman essentially all dressed in green, who could sort of formulate poisons and antidotes from her mouth by the looks of it so kind of snaky type powers but she had a really weird role in the film and i couldn't figure out i thought i don't know this character and i'll be honest i'm not very up on x-men and and the whole mutants and that sort of thing because i've never i find it really hard to get into it so i haven't read an awful lot of of the x-men stuff Mm -hmm. so i'm not you know like i haven't read days of future past which is making everybody i know really fucking mad (laughs) they're like what how could you what um just haven't read it sorry guys but um so when i came out of the cinema i was like i need to look her up because i don't know who she was at all and she she had no backstory they were acting like we should know who she was mm-hmm. Ter- turns out it was madame hydra i don't recollect madame hydra ever having any sort of powers other than badassness
2: yeah no it exactly uh, I had heard that. I had heard that they they gave her powers in the movie, and then also that they made her blonde instead of giving her green hair, and yeah. she shifted yeah. hair.
0: Yeah, um Maybe that's why I didn't recognize her because she wasn't. She was not recognizable as Madame Hydra at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found her really distracting because the entire time I was just thinking, "Who are you? Who are you? And what do I know you from?" Clearly nothing. <laughs> yes. are Basically entirely made up. Because um, there was a weird bit at the end where somebody like sort of smacked her in the face and she fell off this like balcony thing and banged against like a load of other balcony things until she landed on like the bottom one. And she looked entirely broken and he thought, oh, well, she's dead then, ain't eh? she? But she just sat up, shed <laughs> her skin. And walked away, I'm like, sorry. I'm pretty sure if you took a Viper and put the living daylights out of it, shedding its skin wouldn't necessarily help. <laughs> um, <of time. laughs>
2: I've
0: not I've got no absolutely no idea what that was all about. But um it did all lead to a pretty amazing showdown between Wolverine and Silver Samurai, which was ta-da!
2: Yeah, and see, that's the thing that I really want to see in this movie.
0: Yeah, that was that was amazing. Like, I just wanted to see a lot of Wolverine uh, fighting samurai type people. A lot of the fight scenes were really well choreographed as well, and thankfully they'd sorted out the CGI on um, Wolverine's claws because I don't know, I don't know if this was just me, but in Origins, a lot of the time they look like they hadn't been finished. Like, yes. like, the CGI had been sort of semi-put there, as in, like, this is where the, you know, this is where they'll actually be, this is where the mm-hmm. blades will be, but then it was just like, ah, fuck it, that'll do.
2: Yeah, I tell, <laughs> I tell everybody that in, in X-Men Origins, when he first discovers his claws in the farmhouse bathroom... Oh, they- Terrible! It looks just like the same animation that they used in Roger Rabbit back in 87
0: It does, it looks genuinely bad And like he's looking at them But not because they're nowhere near where his eyes are looking And it's mm-hmm. like, mate, hey, just look at the back of your fucking hand <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm no actress, but come on fucking. <laughs> you- and, and you
2: can't tell me that, that production didn't put little green dots or something on his knuckles Saying, yeah, this is where they're going to be
0: You would have thought so you would have thought, yeah, they were terrible in Origins. Like, I'll admit, I actually quite enjoyed Origins. And I know a lot of people genuinely disagree with me uh, quite largely. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, right, a lot of people always jump down my throat about this because I am, as you know, a massive Deadpool groupie. Yes. And I love him and pretty much everything he's ever been in, except I've never read his first appearance, which I'm quite glad of because somebody was telling me about it the other day and it sounds shit. <laughs> so maybe I won't ever read it, I don't know. But I, like, a lot of people have a go at me because they say, oh, the Deadpool in Origins was terrible and it wasn't Deadpool and I was like, well, it wasn't far off though, and it could easily lead into the Deadpool that we know and love because, you know, he was a badass mercenary. Yes, he was good with swords. Yep, that was there. He was incredibly chatty. Okay, so they did sew his mouth up at the end, which I don't agree with, but he was beforehand. So, yep, check. Experimented upon. Yep, check. Can he teleport? Yes, he can. Now he can do it organically in the film. I don't I'm not I don't mind that. I know he used to use a little device in the comics, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm not gonna argue if he can still do it. Healing powers, yep. I I don't like the only thing I disagreed with about their representation of Deadpool in that film was the fact that his mouth was shut for half of a fight where he should have been quipping the shit out of it. But I was yeah, I thought it was an okay fit like some of the CGI was awful. Mm-hmm. But overall, it was just, you know, Wolverine punching some stuff and then, you know, him and Deadpool having a bit of a fight. And uh, it was good. I liked him.
2: (laughs) My main concern with with, uh, the Origins movie was the fact that we had just gotten off of X3, which wasn't that great. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, okay, great. X-Men, Origins, Wolverine. This is going to be all about Wolverine. He's going to be the main focus, blah, blah, blah. But then they immediately just put him on another team full of mutants again. And it was sort of like... Uh, the studio being like well how many mutants can we fit into this movie because we've got all the these, and we have to use them at some point
0: what I found oddest about that film is that they keep pretending that that is part of the canon and now they have to because it was referenced in the Wolverine bits from Origins were referenced oh really okay So, so that that is obviously part of canon in Origins mm. Emma Frost is there and she's like what 16 yeah in X Men First Class, set in the sixties, Emma Frost is there, and she's like late twenties, early thirties.
2: <laughs> <No>, that's too <laughs> um, generous.
0: That's is it really? She looked really well, hot, I thought. But um, yeah, I, I don't. Oh, she know. did look great. Yeah, she looked amazing. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to get. I think they're just going to pretend that it never happened. I thought it would just pretend origins never happened.
2: Um, well, I mean, that's that's how people usually write mar- for Marvel Comics, anyway. Is uh, Marvel Comics continuity? Unlike DC, they're not adhered to it as strictly. So it's it's like a writer comes in and they can pick and choose what they want to put into the comic, whatever fits their story. Yeah. So I think that they can do that with the movies as well.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm quite excited though for Days of Future Past, even though I don't really know what it's about at all. Um, <laughs> the um, sort of there wasn't an after credit scene at, in the Wolverine. There was like a mid credit scene, mm-hmm. and it had xavier and magneto in it and a very small clip advertising sentinels and um it was pretty much amazing (laughs) a lot of people have said that that was the best part of the film which makes me really sad because i enjoyed the whole thing but (laughs) i can't see why people would say
1: that to be fair
2: (laughs) my concern my concern is so so like all right days of future passes were my favorite x-men stories ever Mm -hmm. and my only concern with it is the the slight changes that they've made to the story that I don't think make any sense, um, i.e. physically sending Wolverine back in time, especially when I thought that you got a much better perspective from an adult Kitty Pride inhabiting her younger self-body, which obviously she couldn't do in this movie because she wasn't around in the 70s. Yeah. But um, and so I don't mind it making certain concessions from from print to movie. That's fine. You have to do that for certain yeah. things. Um, it's just that I, I I have to admittedly say that it's I am really tired of Wolverine being the focus of every X-Men story. Yeah. I, can... I loved him as a loner. I loved him as like the, the guy on the team who just bucked the rules and would kill whoever he wanted to because that's just how he did it. But since he's now king of everything and has to be there, I just feel like... What about what about Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy? I'm sure that they signed on to do another movie because they felt like their characters were the central characters and that those characters would be still the central characters. Now it feels like they're bringing in Hugh Jackman and Wolverine and it's going to take away a focus from those two.
0: I have to admit that I genuinely think that um, Michael Fassbender might be the greatest things to, to hit Marvel movies <laughs> like since sliced bread. Um, I, well, okay, Robert Downey Jr. is kind of amazing too, but we'll pretend... That he doesn't exist for the moment um
2: <laughs> he doesn't but, in this universe uh,
0: that's true actually um yeah i loved fassbender's magneto so so much also also dreamy <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who'd have thought i'd be attracted to magneto not me that's for sure but obvious. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah he's uh oh, he's such a good actor as well like that and yeah i agree um wolverine is doing his usual thing of getting into every book and every film <laughs> he's doing the same thing in the films as what he does in the comics he's just everywhere
1: yes yeah.
0: all up in everybody's grill and um yeah i think enough has been done with wolverine's character throughout the x-men films and his solo films for you like i don't feel like i need to necessarily see him much again in fact i think one of the best Wolverine moments, and this is a terrible thing to say because I do genuinely really like the two Wolverine films. Yeah. One of his best moments was that tiny cameo he has in First Class where yeah. um, Magneto and Xavier go up to him as if to sort of proposition the team idea towards him. And he's just like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant, down's a shot, off he goes. And uh, I was just like, do you know what? That was fucking tits. If that, you know, was Wolverine's involvement in Days of Future Past, I'd probably. I'd probably be behind that more than I would be
2: <laughs> yeah I'm I'm kind of hoping that they send him to the past and he gets back there he kind of growls whatever problem is happening in the future and then like passes out like gets sick or something and has to sit out the majority of the movie
0: <laughs> that would be yeah I would prefer because like you say I just I just think there are a, a really big wealth of characters that you could be expanding on in, I mean the X-Men the, there's so many mutants that you could be you know mm-hmm. looking at and developing and Oh, I don't
2: know. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun with first the, the first class, first the, the first first class movie. I had a lot of fun with that one. I actually really enjoyed it. And so now I, I got a little giddy when Brian Singer said he'd come back. But then um, I also am a bit hesitant just because of the changes in the story. But I'm I'm, gonna, I'm definitely gonna go see it. I mean, it's yeah. it's still gonna be fun, especially set in the '70s and seeing all the crazy hair and costumes. That's gonna be amazing.
0: Oh yeah, it's gonna be brilliant. Although that being said, have you seen that um, that photograph of like the first official picture that's come out
2: of, uh, of McAvoy in his wheelchair, or
0: um, no? I think I can't... Actually, it might have been. I just know that Wolverine's there in like a bad seventies leather jacket, and I was like, ah.
2: yes, <laughs> and they and they grayed his hair a little bit, and so so that's what that's also why I'm a little confused by because people have told me about the the mid credit scene in the Wolverine, and I was a little confused by because I thought well I thought that. The future in Days of Future Past is actually supposed to be like, you know, twenty twenty three or something, like a little bit later than, yeah, twenty thirteen. But who knows? But I am excited to go see uh, to see it because I love uh, Nicholas Holt, who plays the Beast. Oh.
0: <laughs> Do you know I'm not I'm not 100 sold on him. My husband hates him as well. thinks he's a terrible actor. <laughs> really hates him really hates him um, I remember when we because Rich really hates first class which annoys me because I I actually had a little cry in the cinema um, when James McAvoy couldn't feel his legs I was like oh, I can't really and Rich was just looking at me like this is the how do you care this is the shittiest thing I've ever seen and he really really dislikes it and one of the biggest reasons was he couldn't stand aside from Jennifer Lawrence any of the younger characters in it at all he thought they were all terrible human beings <laughs> It's like oh richard it's no wonder you don't want kids <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i am excited to see it i don't know like because with the with san diego like recently happening and them announcing all these other films and stuff that they're doing i'm um i'm, I'm quietly skeptical about the uh age of ultron one that they're banging on about Yeah. Um, Because it seems really weird to say that you're going to do a film called Age of Ultron, bearing in mind a book of that same name is just finished, but it's not really going to have the same plot as that book, and Hank Pym's not going to be in it. What? Yes. (laughs) What? How does... What? That doesn't work. Sorry, that doesn't work. And what gets me is I think Pym would be a brilliant addition to the Marvel universe that they're setting up in the films, because you don't... The fact that they haven't got the Fantastic Four involved in stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: means that they haven't got the Reed Richards. Tony Stark doesn't really play in this sandpit either, which means they they haven't got that that sort of scientist guy that everybody goes to when sh- technology shit hits the fan, or you mm-hmm. know when they when they need somebody with the big ideas. And I think Pym could be that. Definitely be that guy. And I don't know why you would make an Ultron film with eighty minute. It. It doesn't make sense.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not like they don't have the the rights to him. I mean they're they're making an Ant-Man movie and Edgar Wright has said that it's going to be Hank Pym, or at least Hank Pym will be in that movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, unfortunately he also just said recently that there will be no Ultron in that movie. I, I just think it's weird. It's it's like it's an easy throwaway line at least to set up in Avengers two to say like, oh, this AI came from this Hank Pym character and then people be like, Well, who's that? Oh, just some Egghead over there at that laboratory. And then when Ant-Man pops up, there he is.
0: Yeah, because the thing is, they've got the perfect opportunity to... Not that I think every character that you can bring in needs a a massive introduction, but they've got the perfect opportunity to make more people want to go and see Ant-Man if they link it with... Oh yeah the rest of the the universe and the age of Ultron that's coming up, and I don't know. it's bamboozling, but i I have every faith in Marvel because most of their films have been kind of bright uh, brilliant, so yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree. um I, I didn't care for Iron Man two. I didn't see three.
0: <sighs> three was amazing. Three was very much a shame black film though i loved it thought it was amazing there were a couple of things about it that didn't make a whole lot of sense like i mean this isn't really spoiling it for anybody but Peppa is approached by i've totally forgotten his name that's really but i've forgotten his character's name as well so this is terrible but she's, <laughs> she's approached by this guy who basically they met yonks tony Stark met him yonks ago at a party when he was this guy was like a sweaty spotty lanky haired mess and he turns back up in pepper's life trying to pitch the idea of this new technology uh to you know the stark uh company Mm -hmm. and she sort of semi entertains the idea of leaving tony stark for this guy and yeah he has you know he's less spotty and his hair he's he's had a bit of a haircut but he's still fucking ugmo right and he's no tony fucking stark i mean robert (laughs) danny is mega handsome and um super suave and this guy has got like nothing about him i'm gonna have to like totally google him because this is gonna piss me off that i can't remember (laughs) (laughs) hello google on my phone in case i crash the internet on my laptop
2: Uh, Uh, watch that
0: don't mind me. Uh, talk amongst yourselves.
2: <laughs> right. Type well, up. you know, I I am a big fan of Hank Pym, and um, I'm I can forgive him for the the slap heard around the world that nobody else can seem to forgive him for. Um, also, uh, have you been reading Avengers AI?
0: Um, have I? No, there's a question. I'm a bit behind with my Marvel comics, so. Okay. I might, I might have started. I don't know. It was Guy Pearce. It was Guy, oh, guy Pearce, and he was playing um, a guy called Killian, and he's like the least attractive man I've ever seen. Uh, no, that's a lie because um, Mickey Rourke was in Iron Man Two, and he has a face like a melted candle. So. <laughs>
1: yes, that's so true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were playing Hank Pym.
2: <laughs> oh no, I was just covering space until you found out who that was. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Avengers, I, I like it. There you go.
0: Okay. Um yeah, I need to catch up with my uh, with my Marvel comics. I've had to do a bit of a call lately though because I just haven't got the time to read as many comics as I was reading and there's so much of the cool stuff that's coming out now. <laughs> Fucking Image just bombarding me with amazing comics the dicks I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really I love them. But um I'm just I've just become very aware of the fact that we've been talking for nearly 45 minutes and we've only talked about Pacific Rim and the
2: Wolverine. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> um, that too.
0: Oh well. So um do you want to steer it away from films and talk about something else for a little bit?
2: Sure, why don't you go ahead and do something?
0: Okay. Um I'm going to go on a bit of a Tmnt kick here um, do it. because lately I have become nigh on obsessed with the turtles again. And when I say obsessed I don't i'm actually very pathetic the other day i got very excited because the guy who does the voice of donatello followed me on twitter i I actually text one of my friends rob paulson's following me on twitter wtf exclamation mark what um yeah got so overexcited by that Uh, um it's so lame but it's amazing um the love that I, do, do you know what? I think it's when anybody that I think is vaguely cool or like I admire in some way. It's like you know when when you tweet someone like Dan Slot, he replies to a lot of people. And you're like, whoa, whoa, he knows I exist. <laughs> the other day I had a conversation with Matthew Sturgis and almost died. <laughs> oh my god! It was a conversation about spellings, and in it I managed to misspell the word scaring, and I was really upset with myself. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Um, but luckily, he laughed it off and pretended that he thought it was just some bizarre British spelling of the word. Anyway, Turtles. Right. I watched the finale of the Nickelodeon cartoon show the other day. Mm-hmm. So like, that was the end of series one. And um, I've got to say, if you are not watching this and you like cartoons and or turtles and or ninjas, you should totally, totally be watching it. The The finale was like a two part thing. And it was fucking amazing I don't like I'm not a big cartoon watcher she says being addicted to Adventure Time and regular show and Turtles but like I'm not somebody who gets into like I always feel I know it sounds really stupid but I always feel like I'm being slightly childish when I'm watching cartoons it's like grow up Stace you're almost fucking 28 grow up (laughs) 28
2: you're you're still a baby (laughs)
0: Um, that's what rich said to me the other day he was really upset that because i was going on about how it's almost my birthday it's not it's like a month away Uh, uh, (laughs) i'm just so excited um and he was like calm down oh god i can't believe you're only 28 but yeah turtles come on stace back on track yeah the the finale was absolutely amazing like the whole storyline that they did was sort of about krang trying to basically terraform earth for to make it into a new Dimension X, I don't know what they did to their old Dimension X to fuck it up so bad that they <laughs> did the new one. Um, but it was all about that and the turtles trying to thwart that. It was so good. The only thing, like the only that there's one thing that I couldn't gel with at all was um whoever did the voice of Krang was really strange. Because like, for those of you who aren't turtles fans, fuck off out of my life. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That was <laughs> really mean. I love small <laughs> But please, seriously, get involved. Uh, yeah, like the Krang, they're like a race of sort of aliens that look sort of like brains with tentacly arms. And they sort of uh, inhabit like big robot things that they move around with their big tentacly arms. And that's how they wander around and stuff. And um, the main like Krang, like the Krang Prime, they referred to it as was this like really massive big brain thing and in the original 80s cartoon i don't know if anybody remembers this because i didn't realize this until i watched an episode back not long ago he had a really high-pitched slightly slurpy voice that burped quite a lot don't know if yeah
2: i do remember that because i was that the 80s cartoon
0: i love the that's, 80s cartoon.
2: that's what i remember because so- i'm like i'm about 62 years older than you are <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. What's your secret? You look amazing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I remember that 80s cartoon. And I was going to say, Crane's voice, it was kind of around rambler or something like that. Yeah,
0: well, just... but occasionally you'd sort of go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's weird, just so totally alien voice. And I think it suited this weird, like, blob brain thing perfectly. In this, it was a very sort of, it almost sounded like, you know, that voice from, oh, fuck, what's the game called? Shit bags! What is wrong with me? <laughs> you know the the Glados type voice that's almost like robotic sort of human woman voice.
2: Really, It
0: was sort of like that, but with a weird overtone, like somebody had run that voice through like a voice changer. I'm really not describing this very well at all. Suffice to say, it was fucking odd and not what I expected. <laughs> and that really like took me out because it sounded like a woman for a start. And I was like, no, crank should be like a
1: <clears throat> <laughs>
0: yeah. I just, I couldn't, I, no, it was just weird. Really weird.
2: For a minute, but, I thought you were going to say like, and you came on. He was talking like this. I um,
0: preferred that. I would have actually. Just yeah, I would have actually preferred that. I think. I genuinely, if for it to have sounded like a dude, would have been better. Um, it was really, really odd, and that like really threw me. But it was. Oh, I don't want to ruin it too much, so I will just say that like the voice work in it is brilliant, aside from Crone. The animation is fantastic, and uh, like I've never been a massive fan of Michelangelo, but he is so wonderful in this version. Like he's just, you he just want to. Oh, I just want to adopt him. He's so really? yeah. Oh, he's so lovely. There's um. There was a scene, and it was totally like just a throwaway noise. <laughs> it wasn't even a line. It was a noise that Michelangelo made, and I just went. oh! gonna keep him stacy doesn't exist i'm not sure shut your mouth right he
1: does
2: he does exist and i shall have him
0: does i will i will (sighs) um it was just this little this cute little squeaky noise he made when when donatello basically said yeah um if we don't actually stop this portal then it it will kind of be the end of the world and he just made this just sort of like little full on little squeak and i'm like "Ah!"
2: Is is this the is
0: this the CGI cartoon? It is, yeah. Um okay. I, I was worried, I've got to admit, I was worried about it when it was announced because I couldn't gel with the animation in the Green Lantern cartoon at all. Yeah. I Haven't been able to watch it because it looks again, it looks like unfinished CGI to me. And I know the budget wouldn't be massive, but I just think if you can't do it, don't <laughs> just get regular animators yeah. on it. Like do you know what I mean? If you can't if you can't do it, just just don't. Whereas this, actually I I really took to this. It was... um I really like the redesigns of the turtles because they're not massively different, but they are clearly, like, upgraded, as it were.
2: Yeah, it, they looked a little <laughs> bit more like... like... A little gap in his
0: teeth. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's just the sweetest thing. It's just... <laughs> I just want to, like, oh, it's just so good. It is so good. And um, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but as a refresher for anybody who doesn't know, the guy who does the voice of Donatello now also did the voice of Raph in the 80s show. So he's he's now played both of my favourite Turtles. I'm like, oh, my God. That's
1: awesome.
0: So amazing. Um, I was listening to his podcast, actually, earlier today. It's called Talking Tunes, and it's really interesting because he does interviews with other voice artists. And it's all about, like, getting tips of how to break into the industry, and they're all telling these fun stories. But his his actual voice is so disconcertingly like Donatello's. I'm, weird. I'm like, listening to it, thinking I'm, I'm actually just picturing Donatello interviewing people in my head, which is really weird.
2: That's am- no, no, you should continue to picture that because that probably makes it even better. <laughs>
0: Oh god it's such a good It was a really good show though actually So I'm going to have to pick up some of the older episodes of that Because apparently he's done done episodes with The old TMNT cast And the new TMNT cast as well Because I don't know if you know who does the voices Of the turtles in the new show But Jason Biggs is Leonardo Sean Astin is Raphael and this guy called Greg, I want to say it's pronounced Sipes, but it could be Kipes, because it's spelt with a C, and that's really bamboozling to me, um, oh, yeah. does Michelangelo. And they are all just so good. Like, when they announced that Sean Astin was going to be Raph, I was like, hey, you what? You can't tell it's him at all. It's brilliant. It's actually brilliant. And um,
2: I, I love that.
0: Oh, it's so, like, seriously, if you haven't watched it, just go and watch it, because the second series starts in September, so you've got time. You just got you've got time.
2: No, I will because you're raving about it so much and I think that the the, the design looks looks a lot like the original co- uh, comic book characters to me. Yeah. like they're really trying to get that
0: there are a lot of homages as well like um the opening credits is like a revamped version of the 80s theme tune that's nice i didn't i couldn't gel with it at first because i was too busy thinking this isn't the 80s theme tune but (laughs) it's really grown on me and um occasionally things like oh there's one throwaway scene in an episode where um, april's phone rings and it's um and a picture appears on it, like you know, when you when it comes up, who's calling you? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's a it's it's Irma from the 80s show. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, it's Irma! And I got really overexcited because I'm just that sad. Um... <laughs> <laughs> like There was one episode that I Did not like at all and it was an episode Where this guy who was like he really admired, Found out the turtles existed and he Really admires them and he just wanted to like Impress them and become them so for some reason he, joined- he joins the foot Thinking I can learn like mad ninja skills And they'll love me so he joins the foot And then offers to get mutated And he-, he ends up getting turned into Just some sort of big gelatinous blob But not the kind of like the awesome kind From Monsters vs. Aliens that has the voice Of Seth Rogen he's actually just like a big green gelatinous blob and he can't and like i found it really disturbing because at like the point at which he's getting mutated it's like that scene from robocop he's just running around screaming oh, mm. and i was like this is really distressing and the turtle just going well he asked for it Oh, like, dude so? compassion his face is not in what's wrong with you? um didn't like that one because it seemed really out of character for like everybody and they never addressed it again <laughs> they put him in this like tube, like yeah, we'll find it, we'll find a way to turn you back to normal. It's all gravy. They never do. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to get addressed in the second season. I kind of hope it is,
2: because maybe it's because he did, he did turn into gravy.
0: <laughs> I was going to say otherwise. They've just got a tube of bloke. In there. <laughs> <laughs> really distressing. Um,
2: Let me tell you, it's always handy to have a tube of bloke around the house. <laughs>
0: I realised now how pervy that sounded, and um, <laughs> I didn't mean for it to. But yeah, so check that out if you haven't already, because it was like really amazing. Like the, the finale was just ah, so perfect, so perfect.
2: Does it? Did it have like a? Was it an over? Arcing storyline throughout the whole series, or, or was it just like episode by episode?
0: The hot, like the overarching thing was that was just all about the Krang and trying to figure out what the Krang were up to, okay, leading to the invasion in the finale. But there are like other threads, there was like stuff going on with April's dad, and there was this kid who was trying to impress him, and um, Leatherhead's in it, Leatherhead's in it. <laughs> It's just so good. I really, really, really loved it. And, uh, like, I'm so excited for Series 2. The only thing I'm sceptical about is they announced, like, yonks ago that Casey Jones is going to make an appearance in Series 2, which I absolutely adore Casey Jones as a character. Like... If anybody remembers the episode of Comic Racks where – I think it was the last one we ever did, quite aptly, which was an episode where me and he's just listed uh, like our top five fictional blokes we wish were real so we could dry hump them. Um, (laughs) Casey Jones is like right at the tippity top for me because he is so hot. But apparently that it was announced at San Diego Comic Con that he's – because the April in the cartoon in this is about, sort of, I would imagine she's around 14-ish. That's how she seems. I don't know. Really? 16 tops. Well, I think they were trying to play on the teenage thing because it does seem weird that a grown woman would hang around with teenage turtle. Newton. Yeah, that's true. Is <laughs> a bit odd. Um, so they, they announced at San Diego that um, Casey would also be that sort of age, but he would also be a, a weapons-wielding vigilante, which seems a little odd. Bit, bit confused about that direction, but I'm going to reserve judgment until I see it because.
2: Well, I mean, as long as it's still like the the sports uh, equipment that he's using, I, yeah, I think that's, that's just, okay, right?
0: But I don't know. I mean, how comfortable would you be with like a fourteen-year-old boy like caving in someone's face with a Jose Canseco bat?
1: <laughs> don't
0: <know> <laughs> If I found out, like, my 14-year-old kid was doing that, I'd be like, you are so grounded.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, Yeah.
2: good point.
0: Yeah, so, but I'm going to reserve judgment on that until it comes on, because, frankly, this series was so amazing, like, I can't see how they would fuck it up that badly. Like, <laughs> yeah, loved it.
2: Well, knock on wood, they don't.
0: Here's hoping, fingers crossed.
2: Well, not like the movie, right? I mean...
0: Oh, God. The lesser that's been better.
2: nothing but bad news about that so far.
0: Like... Do you know what the do you know what the worst news about that for me is? Megan Fucking Fox. She couldn't act her way out of a paper shitting bag. There's just there's just she has no personality and no nope. character. She's just agreed. How can she be April O'Neill? I'd be a better April O'Neill than that, and I can't fucking act to save my life. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me, I have tried and I have failed. I don't know. I'm blatantly going to see it because it's Turtles. And I'll be honest, I am one of the very few people who's actually enjoyed every Turtles film, including Turtles in Time, which I thought was great.
2: You know, I only saw a bit of that one, and. like when it was on cable at some point Mm. and I didn't think it was all that bad I felt like they really I I felt that although it was a huge you know fanciful story of them going through time I thought they felt they felt like they captured the characterizations from the first movie a lot better
0: yeah I thought to be honest if you slap the turtles into feudal Japan on there Yeah, right off the bat, yeah. I I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was really, it was enjoyable. It was...
2: I mean, look, they put Tom Cruise into Feudal Japan and I like that too, so...
0: Me too, even though when you think about it, that film is about how much a white guy can be a better samurai than all...
2: Exactly.
0: (laughs) That film is absolutely horrendously offensive. So good.
2: Yes, it is.
0: (laughs) And it has a really brilliant soundtrack.
2: I saw that on a really horrible date. Oh, that guy, okay. he, he, he told me beforehand, he's like, you're going to want to get your own popcorn because I happen to put a lot of salt in my popcorn. And I'm like, all right, I'll take your word for it. And when we sat down, I said, well, can I try your popcorn? He goes, sure. I tried it. It was like a fucking salt lick. <laughs> I thought you are going to die of heart disease if you keep eating like this. I have- Luckily, he did not. So, oh, my roommate just came home hi Rumi. i'm sitting here in my underwear and all the doors are open because i and i'm recording with you uh, <laughs> which is also why and i just revealed i'm in my underwear but that's also why i'm glad we didn't turn the camera on
0: <laughs> Do you know i'm sad we didn't turn the camera on uh, now i feel Trust creepy
2: yeah, you wouldn't have tried uh, no you wouldn't have <laughs> <it> with that
0: <laughs> oh dear um anyway yes yeah, so turtles that's good isn't it? Um, yeah no the film I am I am sceptical about but I will I know I'll end up seeing it and to be honest like I think if you get the characters right you know there's that whole brouhaha about them potentially being aliens as opposed to mutants Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd mind as long as the characters are okay I know that sounds really terrible and like turtles purists everywhere will be like getting out their Stace voodoo dolls and stabbing it in the heart like repeatedly but I like I think as long as the core personalities are there I'm not that fussed about the background like Mm -hmm. just i just want the turtles to be on the telly again like on the big screen and i just want to see them there like fighting shit and being badass ninjas i just don't want to see megan fox ever again in anything thanks
2: (laughs) yeah if they could cgi her out
0: (laughs) that would be great (laughs) just put a pot plant there it'll be about the same you know emotion wise
2: yeah exactly you get more you would get more reaction out of it
0: (laughs) oh god uh yeah so yeah so there was that um do you want to talk about things for a bit because i realize i'm like really hogging the podcast here
2: (laughs) it's your show and I love listening to you because you get so excited and so enthusiastic about things <laughs> and it's like infectious because just the other day I was having a little Twitter meltdown I don't know if you saw that about about comic books and how I'm not feeling
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'm not feeling the drive behind them anymore and so I didn't I, I actually got got a little sad with myself thinking like oh God I hope stacy doesn't want to like, talk about comic books and then have all my you know jaded experiences coming out coming to light and, and turn this into a big downer so i didn't want to get into that but um so no I'm, I'm happy to just talk about whatever you want to talk about
0: oh bless you well i can keep it on a turtles theme and and, and also steer it towards comics
2: <laughs> if you want um i do want to share this one turtle story with you though oh, in 2010. Do. In 2010, I went to the New York Comic Con and I stayed with uh, Laura and Brenda and um, Rainia from Geektress. Oh, I
0: love those ladies.
2: Ugh, it was so fun. And the hotel that we were staying at, that was the official, you know, convention center hotel, and on our floor around the corner from us were these... I think there were four girls and um, they were the biggest Ninja Turtle fans ever. Everything that they had, literally, they were carrying, they were carrying like suitcases. They were carrying sleeping bags. They had every article of clothing that they had. Everything had turtles all over it.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Those girls, however, became my nemesis.
0: (laughs) Why? What did they do to you?
2: They were awful. They were just like, they would push and, and shove. They would just get in front of everybody's way, especially during breakfast. Um, and they were just horrible, horrible little gross women. And so I wanted to, I wanted to bump into them several times. And um, I did actually shut the elevator door on one of them <laughs> going back in. So I felt justified and satisfied from that. But that's like, so I now, when everybody talks about Ninja Turtles, all I think about are those four bitches. And I don't ever want to think about them again. <laughs>
0: Have you seen my Ninja Turtle dress, by the way? Yes, and it's adorable. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I was um I was just like surfing Etsy, as you do, and I was actually looking for um a purse because I saw a Ninja Turtle purse on there not long ago, but I couldn't afford it at the time. And I was looking for it again, and I saw this dress, and I was like, I need that in my life. It needs to be in my life, but I couldn't afford it, so I just texted my mom casually, "Hey, mom, you know how it's my birthday in September, and um, <laughs> and you love me loads and loads." <laughs> she's like what do you want so I've, seen I've seen this dress order it yay thank you mommy. <laughs> so you know we'll oh my god it's so amazing i can't wait to wear it Ah, but my mom's uh she's she's making me wait until my actual birthday so it's good you
2: put did, did you put a picture of that on instagram
0: yeah she let me try it on to make sure that fit. Okay. um but then after that she was like bring it back to me i am wrapping it up and i was like "Oh." <laughs> sad face but that does mean that i get to like debut it on my birthday night out
2: and at least you know that you have one great gift coming.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's always good. I'm sorry. But th- see, this is how like the extent of how my turtles' love has just gone nuts lately. Because if you were to look at my Amazon wish list, pretty much everything on the first two pages is something turtles-based. <laughs> i have gone actually insane um
2: you've gone a little nuts with it but that's all right we love you for that
0: well the thing is right when there's a cartoon show on the telly that's that good and when the comics are as fucking amazing as they are like Mm -hmm. i can't not be overexcited by it like
2: oh and you know uh, uh, kevin eastman is amazing yeah have you ever met him
0: no i haven't had the joy jealous
2: oh I hope you do get to because he is also, again, he's like the sweetest guy. We, um, I went up to to Detroit, Michigan to meet up with the Geekdress girls again for um, a comic book convention up there, Detroit Fanfare. Uh, Laura's brother actually coordinates it. And um, he, they got Kevin Eastman to come and, and he actually, Kevin Eastman actually sat like across the aisle from where the Geekdress girls were sitting. No. And he had a line as long as the day is and he stayed there until that line was done, until everybody got autographs. He even stayed there when the convention floor was officially closed oh. to get, make sure people got autographs and, and, and sketches from him.
1: Oh,
0: how lovely. I, I tell you what, like, this is the one thing I hate about being in Britain is that. Because our cons are fairly small, we normally get, like, one big name, maybe two. Mm. And because that's all we can afford, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like we'll do a comic convention. Let's get all the British guys in again and all the 2000 AD chaps. And, oh, who, right, which famous American person can we have this time? Right, we'll have that one. So we very rarely get, like, really big super names. And I'm like, uh, I'm so jealous of all that. Like, when I see these people going to American cons and just meeting all these amazing people, I'm like, Argh. I really want to do Heroes Con one year because I think it looks like so much fun and it's not as terrifying as a San Diego or New York.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, Well, you know, if you do, if you decide to do that, you let me know because Patty Boom lives in North Carolina. And so he is right next to where they have the Heroes Con. Ooh. And we were supposed to go this year, but then he wound up getting a a certain, I don't know, he he went to Spain for his job. So he wound up doing that. And I think I'm going to New York Comic Con this year, Mm -hmm. but not sure yet. We'll see but if you do come to the states please let me know and i'll figure out some way to come and and we can hang out and hug
0: mate i tell you what if i ever go to the states everyone is going to fucking know about it because i'll be all over the facebook and the twitter's like ah, i'm coming to america let me know where you are so i can stay in your house because i'm quite poor Mm. (laughs) (laughs) do like a really cheap tour of america yeah, no, I'd love to do it. I'm quite excited this year, though, because I am going to Thought Bubble Con in Leeds, and the big name there is Kelly Sue DeConnick, and I might actually just die on her face. line. <laughs>
1: Very nice.
0: <laughs> so, like, I'm just going to, I'm blatantly going to gush. I think I'm just going to go up and I'm either going to say no words at all and just stare at her or, <laughs> or I'm just going to go up and go like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Captain Marvel's like my favorite thing that I'm reading right now. I can And just die of excitement.
2: Stacey, when you, when you meet creators though at conventions now, like I know when, before, when I first, the first year that we were doing the, the, the podcast, I was still really, really super shy when I met creators and I, we rarely ever interviewed them because even the guy that I was doing the show with uh, Eric, he was really shy too about it because these are our rock stars you know these are people that us are super famous but now i've gotten after seven years of doing this bullshit now it's like i just go up and talk to whoever i want to talk to i rarely ever interview people when i talk to them at conventions because i really just want to talk to them Mm -hmm. and and let them know that that we're not all you know sycophant freaks that that want to you know cut their hair and take clips of it with us although there are some i would Um, (laughs) But I find that there are still people, there are still creators to this day that I get kind of woozy when I when I go near them and can't talk to them. Do you have that?
0: Oh, I'm not out of that, that nervousness at all yet. <laughs> like, I've, I've always been incredibly socially awkward around anybody. So if it's People like in particular that I admire in some way or I'm a fan of, then I just become an absolute mess. And it's one of two messes. it's either the gibbering mess that doesn't shut up and is talking utter nonsense, or the stares at you blankly, not knowing what to say mess. <laughs> and that, that's, I pretty much spend most of my Comic Cons in one of those two states, like at all times. <laughs>
1: I think that sounds I'm, about
0: right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so scared of like, and I don't understand why because everybody's just a person. But I just, I get so in my head about how I come across. Like, I get really nervous about what other people think of me. So I um, I just, I just think, well, if I just don't introduce myself, then I don't have to worry about it at all. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, terrifying. But yeah, I, I would like to get better at cons because I would really like to do more interviews on the podcast. But I am just genuinely frightened of doing them. <laughs>
2: Oh, I typically am, too. You know, at the New York Comic-Con in 2010, I went up to uh, Nicola Scott's table, and she's gorgeous. Have you seen her? She's, oh. Oh, She's just gorgeous. And so I went up to her table, and I I kept building myself up on the way over there, like, okay, you're going to talk to her, you're going to talk to her, you're going to talk to her. I got there, and I just couldn't speak. And so I, I just turned around and walked away. Luckily, though, for me, the guy who was who was there with her is somebody that I had met two years prior to that at a comic book convention in Dallas, and he remembered me. And he came running after me, and he said, aren't you Steve from Comic Book Queers? I said, yes. He goes, you have to come back. Nicola Scott loves your show. She listens to it when she draws.
1: No
0: way.
2: And I, I after cleaning up the mess in my pants,
1: I went back. <laughs>
2: She's the, lovely, and we sat and we chatted, and I interviewed her. But unfortunately, the file got corrupt by the time I got back home, and so I couldn't use it. But um, she's fantastic, and so now now we're Facebook friends.
0: Oh, how lovely! I almost died uh, the day that I found out that Gail Simone used to listen to Comic Racks.
2: Oh, didn't you though? Yeah.
0: What? Oh my God! Just like practically, yeah, just like shit myself. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, at that moment you're like, oh crap, is she listening now?
0: Well, that, but do, do you know what the worst thing was? Is that I found this out not long after I was reviewing something that she'd written, and I wasn't very, I wasn't very nice about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at least she knows I'm honest. <laughs> no, no, she's she's
2: great with that. Somebody actually, um somebody actually tweeted her about a review that one of the CD cuties did um, about her, one of her books and, or, or just said something on their Twitter feed or something like that. And Gail came back to the person and said, you know, it's, it's okay if people talk shit. That's, that's how, that's how life is. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have different opinions. It doesn't matter. Let's all just read comics and have fun.
0: She just seemed very down to earth. And
2: yeah, I, I, that's, I thought that's classy. That's how you deal with it.
0: Yeah. I I realize we're veering massively off topic again. Are you okay for a little longer or?
2: I actually should be going here in a, in, a, in about a few minutes.
0: Okay, let's very very quickly talk about Trillium then, because I don't want to go without oh, yes, talking yes. about it. Trillium, hi. So that's a comic, uh, a Vertigo comic, and it's by Jeff. I never know how to pronounce his name, so I'm going to say it both of the ways that I think it would be pronounced. It's either Lemire or Lemire, <laughs> not sure which. I like both. I I prefer, in my head, I prefer Lemire, but I don't know why. I lean towards it, but I don't know why.
2: Let me dash your hopes. It's actually pronounced Lemire.
0: Oh, shocking. I hate myself now. (laughs)
2: That's it. You're done. Never. That's
0: it. That's it. That's the end of the podcast. Bye, guys. It's never coming back on now. Now that's it. (laughs) Thanks for your
2: support. I'm done. You've
0: killed it. You've killed it. it. It's dead. (laughs) Um, Yes. So this is like a weird space adventure type thing. Like okay you've read it what did you've read it more recently than me what did you think about it
2: Okay first off I was I was kind of shocked that it's a flip book Yes uh, It's it's two stories in one book and in order to read that you you read one side of the book and then you flip it over and you go through and you read the other side mm-hmm. um, I thought it was this is a great first issue it's so intriguing yep. this whole mystery he's setting up I, I didn't even when I bought the book and I and I didn't even see notice the cover I just noticed the space girl's head with the you know like upside down underneath the title I didn't even realize what was below her so when I'm reading the comic so that was actually a good thing for me because as I'm reading the comic and it gets to that point where these World War one guys pop up I'm like what the
1: fuck
0: <laughs> yep
2: because it's it's set in like 23 no no it's set in 3797 the opening at least for this part of the story is um and i, I really i really enjoy uh the style he brings to it mm-hmm. i it really love the design that he he has uh and the characters are like i said are intriguing enough to me that i i want to come back and read the next chapter for sure mm-hmm. especially after i flipped it over and found out about uh this dude in world war one
0: yeah i was so amazed by this comic because it's not it's not like anything I've ever read before Mm that the the layout of it the idea of it the structure of it I just I was so like I got to the end of it and I was like where's can I have number two now please (laughs) where where is it please I want it into my eyes I just I mean I pretty much would read any book that that he draws anyway because I love Mm -hmm. love 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 his art and um as much as I was sad that Sweet Tooth was ending, I did think hooray because that means he can work on more other stuff. Um, and I, I just I just love the guy. Like, so far, I don't think he's written anything that I've actually read that I haven't enjoyed. Um, so he's got a pretty good track record with me at the moment.
2: Yeah, I think he's pretty hot right now. I mean, like he, he's been writing – he was writing Justice League Dark. I've been reading that, and I thought yeah. he's been doing a good job with that. I, I like that. I stopped reading Animal Man, um, but – I did start, I was still reading it when he picked up the book, and, and I picked up uh, one of the latest issues on a whim, I think it was The Annual. Mm-hmm. It, all good stuff. Like It's still really good, and he's still doing a good job with it.
0: But The Annual had uh, to be about giant fucking spiders, didn't it, for shits?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. No, I can just... think of it was a, a giant shoe to squash him with.
0: <laughs> yes, please. No, Trillium. I, like, I had literally no idea what this was going to be about either because it was just a book that Rich picked up and then said to me, you should read this. And I was like, okay, I will. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. What's it to you? And then I read it and it was... Oh. Just don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Don't tell me what to do. All right, I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, don't tell me what to do. It's by Jeff Lemire. Oh, all right, give it here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I was so already engrossed in the story when it finished that i just wanted and i always think that's really good for an issue one because i give issue ones a lot of leeway for setup but then i read a comic like this and i think god why do i give some books so much like credit (laughs) when clearly they're just spending half their time setting things up but this is like it's just so interesting and so i just i need to know what happens next i'm like when is the next book out for god i need it um, yeah well, this
2: is this is one of those but there's there are certain comics where the first issue you read it and you think oh well i guess i'll pick up the next one because this is obviously written for the trade and then there's other comics where you pick up the first issue and you think holy shit balls what the hell did i just read and where is the rest of it <laughs>
0: yeah yeah because I, I, I do tend to read a lot of issue ones and sort of get to the end and think well i don't really know what i thought of that because it was mostly just here's a character here's another character here's a situation and not a lot actually happens that is worthwhile but this it's like almost instantly you get an exact idea of this space girl and what's happening with her and then you flip it and you know exactly what's happening with this guy but then you get to the end and you think how is this linked <laughs> and you're just so like oh it's just so clever he's so clever
2: yeah I was so honestly when, when she goes to the I fucking love her whole storyline too how she's you know, sort of like this. This uh, um, what do they call her? She's not an archaeologist. She's a, a, a xenologist, like a xenoologist. And uh, she's she's trying to work with this tribe on this planet. I just fucking love that whole thing, her whole story. And when I saw the pyramid right off the bat, Stacy, I was like, oh shit, what the hell is this?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So I, just... I, I fucking I just I just think it's an amazing. Did you read it with her side first?
0: I did. Yeah, I did.
2: I, yeah, that's how I read it too. I think that's... I'm wondering...
0: Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the way you're supposed to, Freddie
2: <laughs> No, no, I think it is, because that's, that's how I think that um, they were set up, set up on the shelf at the shop, mm-hmm. was her cover was out first.
0: Yeah. I,
2: oh, actually, you know what? I, I know it is, because when you look at the title page, it says her her chapter is called uh, Chapter 1, and then his is Chapter 1.2.
0: Ah, okay. But I'm going to be all over this book, like, white on rice, I tell you. I uh, can't wait. <laughs>
2: yes like beans on toast
0: like a rash on a cheap hooker
2: <laughs> you win
0: <laughs> oh dear oh cripes i think it's about um it's probably about a good time to end it isn't it when you've just talked about cheap hooker stds and stuff so yeah
1: <laughs>
2: it's either a good time to end it or we're gonna to have to veer off on a whole other topic <laughs>
0: have you got anything else you'd like to talk about because i'm all out of ideas
2: no, no, I think this would be a good time to, to stop it as well And I just want to say that you are amazing and fantastic And thank you for letting me sit and chat with you for a bit
0: You're such a darling Thank you for offering to be on the show I know it's like super awkward What the time differences and things As displayed by the fact that you were sat here twiddling <laughs> For like 45 fucking minutes But I do really appreciate that you actually, you know Stayed on Skype and didn't bugger off And <laughs> So now I just logged on at 8 o'clock like hmm, Where's Steve?
2: Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't do that to you easily, <laughs>
0: I've had such a good time recording this episode. Thank you for coming on.
2: Well, thanks. And any time you want to chat, lady, you know where I'm at.
0: Oh, bless y'all. Again, time differences making life pretty awkward. But um, <laughs> I'm blatantly going to keep you on the list for uh, when I run out of other people in about three episodes. I'm like, Steve, yeah. do you want to come? Yeah, please do. That was episode uh, number 18. If you would like to join the list of people to come on the show, don't know how you're going to top Stevie here but you can have a bash uh, Just drop me an email I'm on um, stacysparlor at gmail.com If you're American That's parlor with an O-U-R at the end
2: The proper spelling The
0: proper spelling, gotta have that U It's very important, I don't know why (laughs) The thing is, when I read things like that Actually, that says to me parlor It doesn't say parlor, but still uh, That's not the point You can also um, attack me on Twitter if you feel the need I am StaceBobT with capital S and a capital T Before we go, is there anything you would like to plug Mr. Stevie D?
2: Uh, Just comicbookqueers.com There you go
0: good stuff i am i will admit i'm going to be really honest and say that i don't think i've listened to an episode of that for about like three years but it's 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 nothing to do with you i went through a serious podcast burnout a while ago because i had this thing where i thought if i know someone i feel like i should listen to their podcast nearly everybody i know in the comic book circle has a podcast and it got to the point where i was listening to the same sort of 10 people review the same sort of 10 things (laughs) i was going if i hear about Fucking X Men Origins one more time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Insane. So I will just stop listening to all of it, <laughs> uh, which is really bad. But I've got an iPhone now, guys. I've, I've, converted and uh, and it's got a podcast app on it and it's like the greatest thing so i've actually started listening to podcasts again so i'm going to subscribe to little old comic book queers
2: yes please do and and please listen to it and let us know because um i know that you know that you you probably haven't heard them but i brought in a whole new group of people and so i want to hear your opinion on that as well okay. um i think i'm still i'm still the funniest i mean it's real
0: but... <laughs> of course you are
2: no, but they're all hilarious and they're all fantastic. So I I'm, I love the people that I'm I'm quote unquote working with now. And uh, so, yeah, it's comicbookqueers.com. And I'm, I'm on the Twitter too, though. Um, Stevie D. Well, it's Stevie Disney. Oh, just put a link somewhere, sister. They'll find it.
0: <laughs> Okie okay, dokie. Okay. Thank you again for coming on. <laughs> You've been an absolute star.
2: Thanks, Stace. Love you.
0: I will uh, speak to you forthwith. Toodlepip.
2: Bye-bye. Bye
1: bye. Bye. It doesn't matter